that the kind of stuff I want in the mic. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 12. 12. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, in the third interval, and I want you after this to find out what chapters are in the third, first interval and, uh, and the second interval. I think first interval should be about six right because we have five we have um the scroll is that correct and after the scroll we have that interval because the ceiling before the seals amen amen so about six seven possible eight then after that second interval should be about nine ten eleven yep that about praise the lord amen so, this third interval, we're going to deal with Revelations 12, 13, and 14. We're dealing with Revelation 12 at the present time. Is that correct? And remember, the third interval happens where? Where is the location of the third interval? Apart from the chapter, location in the book. What, where, what is the exact location in the sequence of events? What happened before and what's going to happen after? Mike. Mike. Before. Yeah. Tell me where where what, what where the third interval is. is um, after the trumpet. What trumpet? The trumpet? After the seventh trumpet. But before the of the vials, the seven vials. Amen. And that's the thing special about the third interval. Because remember the first and the second interval. Don't worry, you read it, but just follow to where I am, okay? Remember, the first and second interval always occur between the second to the last of the series that of events, of judgments. Uh, so the first interval was between the sixth seal and the seventh seal. Then after the seventh seal, and again, bear in mind that the seventh seal, the content was the trumpets. Is that correct? So the trumpet starts. When you hit the sixth trumpet, another interval. So the second interval between the sixth trumpet and the seventh trumpet. And so if you follow that pattern, where will you expect the third interval to be? What? No. Of the vows. Of the vows. Because the second is in the sixth and seventh trumpets. You, you understand? I just want us to follow the pattern. These are things that are set right there. So all we have to do is to make, make sure we observe them. These are things to get by observation. So if we follow the pattern of the first three intervals, this last interval is supposed to be between the sixth and the seventh vial or bowl. Or bowl. Is that correct? And remember what an interval means in the book of Revelation. And an interval means that intermission. In the, remember the book of Revelation is a series of visions. And like when you're watching drama. Amen? At the time, they stop and go behind the curtain. And they may be playing music or another group may start dancing. And then after that, 
they, the main actors come again and continue. That's the idea of the intervals in the book of Revelation. John veers off to something and comes back. Amen? So this third interval, we have been dealing with um, the... Uh, after the seventh, sixth trumpet, you, 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 you will expect um, the seven trumpets to come immediately, but they didn't, right? That's an interval. Amen? Even the interval itself, the events in the interval uh, did not come immediately. Amen? So we, we had that announcement that the kingdom of God, of this world, has become the kingdom of, of, the, of God and of his Christ. Amen? Remember? And after that, we began to look at the third interval proper. Praise God. The first in chapter 12, we started to deal with the spiritual warfare. There was war in the spirit realm. Amen? And we're looking at the principal actors. Is that correct? Who are the principal actors we have looked at so far? Yes, come on. The woman, heavenly woman. Who else was involved? The dragon. The dragon. Who else? Michael and his angels, who else? Another very important person. What, what goes with the heavenly woman? The seed. The seed. The, seed the man child. You can't separate them. The heavenly woman and the seed of the heavenly woman, or the man child. Amen? And then you have the dragon, and then you have uh, Michael and his angels, and then you have the dragon's angels. Amen? All right. Very good. So we we are following these events of spiritual warfare, and at a point in the course of the warfare, remember what he did to the woman. The woman was trying to run away. He pursued the woman, poured forth, so on and so forth, until the dragon was cast down to earth. That was where we ended up last week. Is that correct? Verse eleven. And when he was cast down from heaven, read verse ten first. Somebody read this. So who will be reading the outline today? Uh, Christina, you continue today. The outline, continue. Um. Then I heard a loud voice in the heaven singing, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God mm-hmm. and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren mm-hmm. has been thrown down who accuses them before our God day and night. Did you notice that? That was the point where the dragon, and he was specifically referred to as the, as the accuser of our brethren. Amen? Uh, where did that voice come from? Where did that voice come from? From heaven. And we, we suppose it must be one of the saints in heaven. Because he said, our brethren on earth meaning the church on earth at that time. And if we were not a saint, he wouldn't call them us, our brethren. He wouldn't call the saints his brethren. So, amen? All right. Um, and so when the dragon was cast down, and then we were told, that the saints 
we are asked to rejoice. Is that correct? Amen. Because he has been cast down. I believe here, God, of course, God did the casting down. But, now let's look at verse 11. <coughs> and there's a lesson there. Verse 11 is where we're going to start. Amen, that's where we stopped that day. Even though I gave you a summary, remember, of the event. But now we're going to read it. Okay, verse 11. Somebody read verse 11. Verse 11. Mm-hmm. And they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Mm-hmm. And they did not love their life even when faced with that. Okay. Who are they? What? They there. The brethren where? The church. Yeah. That's the brethren. The church. Okay. Where? Huh? On, On earth. earth. Because they have been, he has been cast down from heaven. It's the brethren on earth. We have to understand that. The brethren on earth, even at this time, we are not powerless. Praise the Lord. We are not powerless at all. We are the greatest force on earth. It's very important that we understand that. Um, and the, we are going to see the reason for that. The Holy Spirit is the greatest singular person and force on earth. And uh, followed by the church because... He is head over the church. Jesus is head of the church. So Jesus gave him the claim and authority over the church. And he's the one leading the church. And he's among the church. So the, the, the church, God's people on earth today are not powerless. And you have not even seen them exercise power. This event is tremendous. Can you imagine? It was not angels who did that. <laughs> Amen? It was not any person, but not even the uh, uh, glory, the saints that are in heaven who did it. The saints on earth who have exactly the same problems and needs that we have now. That's why we don't we shouldn't have an excuse. You know, people give excuses why they can't do this, why they can't do that. Oh, this need to understand my circumstance, my situation, blah blah blah. They have not understood what Christianity is about. Do you understand what I'm saying? And it's unfortunate I'm singing to the choir here because these ones here are not the kind of people that give me that kind of excuses. The people that give that kind of excuses are not here. And it's no accident because they have excuses for not being here this evening. Are you following? And don't get me wrong, it's not every excuse that is wrong. It's not every excuse that is flimsy. There are people who are not here tonight who wish they could be here. I want you to know that. But there are people who I've no other thing doing but just flimsy, just because they felt they were here on Sunday and yesterday. And maybe it's one of them who have come to clean something. When is so on and so forth. So but the whole point I'm making is that the church is a force that can take care of the devil. Are you following? All right, so let's read the commentary. Amen. Here we find here we find two of the primary weapons by which God affected, affected the defeat of Satan mm-hmm. and the overthrow of his kingdom and its forces. Did you notice that? Remember, this is warfare. Chapter 12 is about a spiritual warfare that sort of sums up every warfare that's been going on from creation, even before creation till the end. It's a pattern. Amen? All right, moving on. These 
weapons are the cross of Calvary and the word of God. Here, two, two very important weapons that the believers, since after the death of Jesus Christ, have always had. Two fundamental, very fundamental. As a matter of fact, I will explain something about those weapons. Go ahead. Here, uh-huh. also we have the affirm- affirmation the affirmation of the fact that Satan's defeat, as here described, is a past historical event, which also in principle is a present reality, whose fullest manifestation is yet future. Hmm. We will now briefly explore the impact of each of these two invaluable weapons by which Satan's defeat was accomplished. Okay. Now, these two... Say these these weapons are the cross of Calvary and the weapon and the word of God. Amen. Here also we have the affirmation of the fact that Satan's defeat, as here described, is a past historical event. Did you understand that? Ah, which is also in principle a present reality, whose fullest manifestation is yet future. Does anybody have any difficulty with that? Any difficult because it's very key that that language that description there is very important. Is it understood? Any question on that? Is that clear? Okay. So what you are looking at that the fact of the cross is a past historical event, something that has happened. It's not a prophecy. It used to be a prophecy. So it's a past historical event. You know what that means? And any time in scripture you see anything that's a past historical event, it's very important. And what does it call for? From us. Huh? You got it. You've been studying that. It calls for faith. What does prophecy call for? Hmm? Huh? No. But you, you, when I teach, I want you to go home. You guys have been forgetting things. When I teach, I teach it so that you can lay hold on it, hold on to it, because I don't teach flimsies. I mean, it's tangible. Amen? Uh, prophecies and promises call for hope. You respond to them by hope. But uh, uh, fulfillment, which is the same as past historical events recorded in the Bible. Fulfillments are recorded in the form of past historical events. You don't negotiate with anybody about that. It happened. So what does it call for? Faith. Amen. Alright? Principles, instructions, and commands. Amen? You need them for both prophecies and past historical events. What do they call for? Obedience, otherwise known as belief. Are we are we following here? Praise God. That's what you get for coming to Bible class. You get things well ironed out. You will be getting all these things. Just get as much as you can now. This is a teaching ministry. We are deliverance, we are healing ministry, deliverance ministry, every ministry, but teaching is a fundamental. Amen? Alright. So 
And then we say the cross is a past historical event, but at the same time, it is what? A present reality. Believers are supposed to take past historical events in terms of the experience, they, they relate with it as a present reality. Huh? But the, the full manifestation of them may be yet what? Future. Anything. Give me another example of present, of past historical events that affects your life today. That you, you know. Come on. Huh? No, not the word that is recorded in the word of God. Any past historical event that should change our lives today. Anything, anything whatsoever you think happened on the cross. Yes? Take the mic. Eve ate the, the apple. Okay. That's a past historical event. Really? And, we, and it's a negative one. Is that correct? Yeah. So there's no debate about it. That's true. And it's a present reality today. Are you, are you following? Because we are, the, the impact of that is affecting us today. Is that correct? Praise God. But, but the point is that they, and then it's going to continue future reality. So we, we have to see that by faith that that's the beginning of our trouble. But let's look at something positive. Come on quickly. Let's not stay that on that for long. What is it? One of the things that you need today, but you know that the provision for it is a past historical event, which you should relate with as a present reality. Come on. Um, the coming of Jesus, yes. You say, yes. Okay. How are we to relate with the coming of Jesus? How are we to relate with the coming of Jesus? Yeah. And then we should believe that his second the, coming. The second coming, what are we to relate? How are we to relate with it out of the three things we said quickly? It's called, yes, the coming back. It's called the blessed hope. Amen? And hope there, it does not mean that we are speculating. No, it's, we are sure. The first one, he came. How are we to relate with it? Faith. Because the past historical event. Are, are we all following what I'm saying? I, I really want you, the Bible class, get it well. I have taught it in, in the general group before. I'm going to teach again, but I want you to be able to get it very well. And we are following. Okay, let me give you an example. How about something like healing? Healing. Is that correct? It's a past historical event, but it's a present reality. Is that correct? Yet it's a future what? A future, what do we say? Future, the full manifestation of healing, the full manifestation is in the future. Are you following? Financial provision is a past historical event, present reality, and the fullest manifestation will be in the future. And everything. Praise God. Yes. Salvation. Salvation. The past form of it is what? Redemption. That's a past historical event. It's a one-time event. Amen? Present reality of it. Salvation. It's everyday, ongoing. 
Amen? It's a present reality in the form of salvation. Yet, it's going to be the fullest manifestation is going to be in the future. So let's say that again. How do we relate with past historical events, otherwise known as fulfillment, quickly? Faith. Faith. The future, uh, um, the future uh, aspect of it, how do we relate with it? Hope. Are we all following? Amen. So it's very important. So how, what does faith do to pass historical events? Quickly, quickly, quickly. What does faith do? Wait, how do you relate with past events with faith? Before you reckon, you perceive it. You perceive it first. You have to perceive it. Praise God. After you perceive it, you substantiate it. You reckon with it. Amen. And then, you are ready to go with it. Known as what? Belief. Praise God. Amen. If it's something in the future, how are you to relate with it? Hope, right? How, do you, how does hope lay hold on the future? What does it do? You have to read a new book. It looks forward to it with patience and perseverance. Amen. Jesus is coming back. How do we relate with it? We look forward to it with what? Patience and perseverance. That's what hope does. Amen. Amen. Because things will try to confuse you or discourage you. You say no, I am he hasn't come back. He's going to come back. Amen. And I'm going to persist in endurance. Alright, moving on. So, go, you continue now. Let's look at the cross. Quickly. So, he said, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony. Why? The, the word there, blood, yeah, involves much more than just the blood. It involves the finished work. Are you following is the entire finished work of Jesus. The blood is only a, a particular aspect of it. He shed his blood, but something happened that caused him to shed his blood. What, what are the things that made him to shed his blood? That happened, that brought forth the shedding of blood. What things? What experiences? Hmm? Our, sin. Our sin was the reason why he had to shed it, but in the events when he shed the blood, what were the things that made the blood to come out? To come out? Yeah, 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 yeah. Quick, 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 quick. Let's go. Yeah, suffering, suffering. Okay, the suffering and the death and the death. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that means the word blood there involves much more than the bleeding. It involves everything that represented and one expression for it is the finished work another word expression for it is the cross another word for it that sums it when we say the cross also we don't just mean only that wooden beam 
standing there. Are you following? The cross means biblical definition is Christ and him crucified. That's the meaning of the cross. Praise the Lord. Are we all following now? Alright, so let's look at the cross. Number one, the cross. The cross. The cross in this respect is not by any means a reference to the metal or wooden replica of the Roman given or structure known as crucifix. Okay. In the in the, 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 the Orthodox Church is called it the crucifix. Amen. So the cross means more than the crucifix. Or even even if you recreate uh an, an event and where there's a wood and somebody hanging on it. The cross of Christ means more than that. Amen? Alright. Consisting of continue? Consisting of an upright and transverse bar upon which Jesus of Nazareth and criminals of, of his, his day. day were executed. Okay. It is instead a reference to the finished work of Jesus at Calvary. And in particular the shedding of his blood through his atoning or proper Death. Don't let them hear you. <laughs> On the cross of Calvary. Propitiatory. I've explained that before, right? Yeah. I may explain that again, but propitiatory. Now, until you get this word, you'll be reading the outline. Propitiatory. The propitiatory. Tory. Death on the cross of Calvary. It is the words of Paul. It is in the words. It is in the words of Paul, Christ and him crucified. First Corinthians First 2. Corinthians 2, 2 verse yeah, 2. Yeah, we, 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 we'll get to that. Go ahead. It is also inclusive of the burial and resurrection of Jesus. Do you, do you understand the cross there now? So it's the cross, which means the same thing. You can call it the finished walk. The reason why it's called the finished walk is that he said it on the cross. It is finished. In Greek, that's powerful. It means it's completely complete. You can't even interpret it in the English. If you attempt to interpret it in the English, finish is not sufficient. It is completely complete. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Are you following? So, um, continue. The cross is here in Revelation 12. Verse 11 affirmed as the primary divine weapon by which Satan was defeated and his kingdom overthrown. Is that clear? I want you to pay attention because you will need this in our present day. I, I want to say this to you if you don't reckon with the cross and the meaning we are given here, you will not know victory. My life changed when the Holy Spirit showed me this years ago. If there's anything that changed my life, Brought me to the ministry I'm doing now is this truth. Are you following? And when I began to act on it, I saw demonic forces capitulate on a daily basis. Amen? Alright, moving on. I will explain that further because modern Christians have not grasped that. You notice that it's not a frequently taught or mentioned or preached upon subject is that correct all right continue the death of jesus and the and the entirety of his finished work on mm -hmm. the cross constitute the singular most potent and indispensable weapon against satan and his forces this is pause there did you get that language did you get that can you read that again i want everybody to pay attention 
Because that's how they overcame the devil. In Revelation 12, 11. Have you ever thought about that? They, human beings, not angels, overcame him. <laughs> so you're getting the revelation of the cross here. Praise the Lord. I don't know. I think, I don't know how to convey this to you, but for me it's so real. It permeates my entire, my entire being. Amen. And you cannot really advance in spiritual warfare against the forces of evil except you get this reality down your life. Read that again. Read that line again. The death of Jesus and the entirety of his finished work on the cross constitutes the singular, most potent, and indispensable weapon against Satan and his forces. Mm -hmm. This is so because it is the one means by which humanity's sin and guilt was conclusively dealt, dealt with. Where should be where conclusively dealt with. Amen. Did you understand that? So the moment humanity's sin and their guilt were dealt with, Satan lost his ground of accusation and claims. But the only member of the human society who can overcome the devil is the one who knows this truth and acts on it. Is that understood? Moving on. Prior to the finished work of Jesus, Satan had exploited humanity's sin and guilt as grounds upon which he could continually exercise his illicit claim of authority and power or dominion over humanity. However, Following the events of the cross, that ground or impetus, impetus. impetus was annulled or nullified. Satan was rendered powerless and his authority was revoked. Come on. Is that clear? Is the English clear enough? No, seriously, if it's not, that's why we are here tonight. Did, does anybody, you know, I just don't want this to be a mental fact. And that's the problem. Uh, mental facts help no one. It's just knowledge. What did I tell you? You have to get, go get beyond just knowledge. Knowledge is acquisition of facts. What did I tell you? That after you get knowledge, what's the next thing? When by your faith you get knowledge, it's not enough. Knowledge or that information can be forgotten. Are you following? And it's superficial. Knowledge stays in the mind. On the mental level. If you want that information to go beyond the mind. To go deeper. Beyond the superficiality known as the mind. What do you do? Before you act upon it. Understand. Okay. Yes. But beyond that. Knowledge and understanding. Beyond that. What was the next thing? Somebody said it earlier. And I'm, I won't mention who said it earlier. I don't want to give away anything. Come on. What are you going to do? To take that information from knowledge level to a deeper, make it a mindset. How do you make it a mindset? That's the point. It's important I repeat these things because I know they are powerful. But people are not grasping this. When you know something, you can forget it. Because it's just knowing it is not going to be part of it. 
And when you forget it, when you need it, you have it. But when you reckon with it, it becomes a part of you. It becomes a mindset. Do you understand? So the things you're reading or you're being taught in this church, reckon with them. Because when I teach, I teach solid facts. And they are not going to work unless you go beyond mental ascent. Just knowledge means mental ascent. You reckon to it becomes a part of you. You know, I, I learned this truth when we were children, or even if you get a child on Sunday, get one of them and say, read the two, the, 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 what do they call it? The time table for you. Two times one, two, two times two, four, two times four, eight. Two, if you stop it and say two times ten, I said, ask him to continue. Two times. Then you don't get to two times. <laughs> you said 20. <laughs> you see, because it's just mental. But when she reckons with it, amen, it doesn't matter what you ask him. You can ask him from the middle. He gives you the answer. Because he reckons with it, he now acts on it. If he reckons with the information, understands it. Now, they can do two times. You know how we were trained? In the villages, growing up, you come back reading two times, one, two, two times, two, four, two times, four, eight. Your parents look at you, look at you. After you read it, they give you one dollar and ask you to go and buy a loaf of bread. Fifty cents. What are they trying to do? To see if you reckon all you have done. If you come back with the wrong change, it means that the Multiplication table you've been reading is just mental work. Didn't sink in. Do you understand? But when you reckon with it, you're dealing with the seller. Are you following? Amen. <laughs> I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And that's what we do in church. We recite scripture. And then when the occasion comes, we can put one or two together. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Praise God. Okay, let's go move on consequently on the basis of faith in Jesus Christ and his finished work expressed through repentance and ongoing belief no member of the human race needs to remain under Satan's dominion any longer is that clear now okay so we, we are not going to read those scriptures okay let's move on we're talking about the cross because say they overcame him by what the blood the by the blood of the lamb. That's, that's why we are talking about the cross here. Are you all following? Amen? Now you all are going to keep your hand out. Old members. Amen? Seriously. And because it, it, it makes for discontinuity. Amen? I'm not saying that, I mean, if, if, you, if you lose it. Or if you're coming straight from home. Don't be shy to ask for a new one. But try. Eh? No, no, I, I don't care. The point I'm concerned about is the continuity. You write on them and so on and so forth. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, do you understand the place of the blood? We are talking about how they were able to overcome Satan. The role of the blood. They overcame him by the what? The blood of the lamb. Before we come to the word of their testimony. So, it doesn't mean that they went... 
they had a, blo- a bucket of blood in their homes waiting for devil to show up. Are you hearing me? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I asked a question about the last year or the day before. In this class, over there, and the man of God was there say, oh, I asked how can you overcome this? He said, you, you, you plead the blood or you show the blood to the devil or something like that. It's a lot of, you know, when people say plead the blood, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Sometimes they don't even, it doesn't make sense. You, you have to understand this. It has to be a mindset. Guess what it means to overcome by the blood? A mindset that has seen by faith that Satan was stopped, defeated by the finished work of Jesus. That's what it means. Amen? Praise the Lord. It's a mindset. And that mindset starts with faith, which perceives that fact, that event, um, reckons with it, substantiates it from scripture, reckons with it, and makes it a, a mindset. Are you following? And then it becomes a ground upon which you stand. That's a mindset also. It becomes a what? A ground upon which you what? Stand. Do you know the ground upon which Satan stands to torment humanity? What's the ground upon which Satan stands? Let's do a little exercise. Eh? Yeah, ignorance, yes. Deception, yes. But these are not the basic, the main ground. Because ignorance can be dealt with right away. What is the primary ground upon which Satan stands to afflict society? To keep society in bondage, humanity in bondage. Huh? I said it earlier. What is the ground upon which he, he exercises claim over humanity? That's the means. That's one of the things he uses that ground to do. Unbelief, hmm? sin. Sin. And, and, and sin has a twin. Uh, it's interesting. We, somebody can say we are doing the book of Revelation, but these are basic things. Sin has a twin that he stands on. One leg on sin, the other leg on what? Come on. I said it this evening. Uh-huh. Sin goes, always goes with something. Huh? No. Unbelief are means. Unbelief are... He stands on these grounds and then uses unbelief, accusation, what's the other one? And all those. I'm talking about grounds upon which he stands. One is sin. What goes with sin? Immediate consequence of sin. Thank you. I have, you have to get that. No, is that okay? Are you confused? Okay. Are, are you, these are things that People will teach you in church. People will say it. And that's where ignorance comes in. And because you're ignorant, he stands on that ground, ignorance, and then he accuses you. So his grounds are what? Sin, your sin, and your guilt. Because the soul that sinned dies. Because your sin separates you from God. And your sin gives him the license to accuse you. 
Satan is a legal expert. As long as our sins remain there and our guilt remain there, he stands strong and he has a leeway. Why do you think that Jesus went to the cross? Is to pull the rug off of him. Why do you think the devil did himself in when he put him on the cross? Do you understand? Because by the death of Jesus, he took Satan's feet off of those two grounds. He forgave our sins and expiated our guilt. That's why his death was what? Propitiatory. If our sins remain, God will be unhappy with us. But the death of Jesus paid the price and God is pleased with us. So what then if Satan stood on our sins and our guilt and Jesus' death dealt with our sins and our guilt? What do you think Jesus' death did to Satan's standing? Knocked him over. Thank you. How did you get that language? My goodness. You're, 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 that's rough language. <laughs> he knocked him over. Do you understand? Amen. So now, a believer now has a ground to stand. What's the ground? The death of Jesus. Exactly where Satan was knocked over, the believer stands there. Because it's no longer, his sins are no reckoning anymore, and he's no longer guilty before God. So Satan is silenced. Not only knocked over, because you can be knocked over and be yapping. He knocked over and is silenced. Remember, the accuser of our brethren has been cast down. Then the believers knew what would silence him the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. The blood speaks better things than the blood of the Lamb. Blood speaks. Satan wants to speak. Blood speaks. And Satan is silenced. Are we following? So the ground, the cross, the finished work is a ground for the believer to stand. And when you stand on the finished work, it doesn't matter how ferocious the devil comes at you. You stand on the finished work. You know what that means? You have a mindset that on the finished work, he was defeated, he was disarmed, he was disgraced, he was silenced. There's nothing he can do anymore. The finished work is God's stop sign for the devil. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is that clear now? So they overcame him by the blood. They stood on the ground of the death of Jesus and whatever it presents. All right, let's look at the next part. To the word, quickly. Let's go. The word. And the word. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Understand the language, not just the word, but the word of their testimony. Okay, let's read. Go ahead. This is the second weapon at the disposal of God's people mm-hmm. in, by which they could exercise and experience divine victory mm-hmm. over Satan and his kingdom. Okay. In this verse, it is more appropriately referred to as the word of their testimony. By this phrase, word of their testimony, John was implying the expression of belief by God's people in the redemptive power of the blood that Jesus had shed at the cross as 
revealed in the pages of God's word, the Bible. Stop right there. It, I think you can sit there. Who's no, whose bag is there? Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Sister Martha, sorry. Amen. Are we, are we all following? Amen. Praise the Lord. So, look at that text. I want somebody to explain that to me. Did it, is it clear? Is that line clear? I want you to look at it. Because, you know, if you ask an average evangelical or Pentecostal Christian, what, what is, I plead the blood. I plead the blood. What does it mean? To, you don't know. You can't be pleasing the blood without understanding this. That's the meaning of overcoming him by the word of Okay, look at that and explain to me. I know Mrs. Lemadim did, did a good job on Friday, but thank God they forgot. They forget easily, so I'm catching them again. All right. That's the key, the introduction. What is John implying by that expression? All right. Did you get it? Huh? Okay, just put it in the pending file. We're coming to that. Continue. To state it differently, this implies the confessing or speaking forth by God's people of the defeat that God had revealed in his word that the blood of Jesus had accomplished against Satan and his kingdom. Stop right there. Now, did you understand that now? Huh? Now, from what we said so far about the, the blood or the finished work, and what we are saying here, what do you see? What do you see as a whole? The whole the word um, the cross was the outward demonstration. Now the word the word of their testimony is based on the outward demonstration that Christ did is their act of belief. That's the outward demonstration. That's their belief. You're right on that one. How did they relate with the finished work? Huh? By faith. By faith. All we have been saying about the blood is they are reckoning with the finished work as a past historical event. Are you following? Do you see faith there? Huh? They related with the finished work with the blood as a personal, as a past historical event. So they saw it by faith. That's what happened to me when I saw the cross. My life changed. That's how I got into the ministry of deliverance. I have to tell you the that happened, then I knew that the devil doesn't really have power anymore. Because I saw by faith the finished work. Are you following? So, that's everything we said about the blood. Huh? And the word of our testimony. Remember, it's a mindset. 
is faith that makes something become a mindset. That's what ultimately faith does to you before you go into the next level. So this other level about the word of their testimony is belief. Are you following? Now let's read that this statement again quickly. Let's read that statement again. To state it differently. Start from the beginning of it. By this phrase, word of their testimony, uh-huh. John was implying the expression of belief. Ah, did you not see it? Is expression of belief. Expression of belief. You know, you express you can't express belief when there is no prior faith. Is that is is that correct? Amen. Now let me ask you, how many of you have seen the cross as the end of the devil? That's your faith now. No, 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 you, you don't say yeah. People have to. It's not just because he said people have to see that. People have to see that and reckon with it. Otherwise, speaking will be empty. That's why three, four believers can stand and say something. Three say nothing happened. One says something happens. Years ago, in my former church, when God began to use me to do revival for them, we were in the morning service one day. And I didn't know the impact what I was doing. Pastor Desmond remember this. was doing to the people. One of the ministers was preaching one day. He turned, I was sitting on the platform. He turned and says, I've learned something since Minister Isidore started teaching and all that. I've learned that whenever he calls the name of Jesus, something happens. Do you understand? My brother, I don't know how that happens. We were on, on the, in, the, in the West Indies once on a crusade. And one of them came to me at the end of this crusade. At the end. They had a difficult case and they were pounding and screaming the name of Jesus. And when I came there, I said, what is that? told me I commanded a demon in once. I said, in the name of Jesus. So we got to the mission house. They're ready to sleep. He said to me, Elder, I have a question. I said, why is it that we're all there doing the same thing, struggling, and nothing happened when you came there, something happened? Just the same words. See, it's one thing to say, I'm not going to say it as a product of what has already been perceived by, reckoned, substantiated, and reckoned with by faith. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If the mouth does not speak out of the abundance of the heart, nothing happens. Praise God. Are you are you are you all following? We spent a lot of time on this, but it's important. They overcame him. Praise the Lord. And the devil knows when you're just saying it for saying sake. You know what he does? He will wear you out. He will bluff. And say, this one doesn't believe it. He will wear you out. And after you say one, two, three times, you know, but when you know and stand on the cross, you say, you, you, you guys have said that to me. But that be we're dealing with cases. The enemy was bluffing. It's like nothing happened. I said, no. I'm not going anywhere. I know what happened on the cross, honey. You must. Shortly after I say it, everything happens. 
Do you understand? You can back off if you know the truth. What day is today? What day of the week is today? Can anybody get you to back off on that? Why? Because you're living it. <laughs> you're living it. That's how biblical facts are. Praise God. So that's belief. Alright? So they express belief. God's it said John was implying the expression of belief by God's people in the redemptive power of the blood that Jesus had shed at the cross as revealed in God's word. And here's what did you notice he didn't say by the word of God. Did you understand? He said by the word of their word, testimony, meaning that they took from the word what God has said in the pages of this word, they put it on his on their lips and testified. Are you following? In other words, it's called confession. Is that correct? What does confession mean? Literal meaning of confession. Speaking out is more than speaking out now. But speaking out is important. Yes? Saying the same as. In our case, as what? God had said in his word. Now, the angle of speaking out is important too. Because you, you can mutter it. Do you understand? People, when they are not sure, they speak. You have to speak it out. Especially, you're going to see what happened to them here. They had to speak it out, and not only speak it out, to stand by it and say it again, even at the threat of death. That's why it's important the speaking part of it, out of it is important. Too. Are you following? So they said the same as God has said in his word. What the blood had accomplished. Did you understand that? They said with their mouth what God had said in his word that the blood of Jesus or the finished work of the cross had accomplished. That's what it means by the word of their testimony. Amen? Alright, moving on. Of course. Of course, the fact that Satan and his kingdom were effectively brought to capitulation capitulation by such demonstration of faith and belief through a biblical confession attests to the efficacy of both the blood of Jesus and God's word as a divinely empowered weapon as divinely empowered weapons by which the victory of the cross would be brought to bear upon Satan and his kingdom in every phase of spiritual warfare is that clear? Huh? Move on. Apart from the truth of the victory of God's people over Satan by the double-barreled weapon of the blood of Jesus and the word of God as an, as an abiding testimony in the mouth of his people, there is also in this verse the truth of the indomitable mindset of uncompromising attitude of God's people. Stop right there. Now we have seen their faith in the finished work. Is that correct? Expressed through belief by the confession of God's word. Is that correct? Do you know that this is what you, you can apply this to every area of your life? To every biblical truth. Is the formula. Are you, are you all following? Huh? Amen. That's the formula where you can overcome Satan in every area of your life. Praise God. That's why 
you appropriate the provisions of God by faith through belief. What provision of God did they appropriate here? In this case, what provision of God did they appropriate? Huh? I can't hear you. No, the word is their source here. Take the mic. What provision? The word is the source. Amen? The word is the source of where the provisions are revealed. What particular provisions did they appropriate in that case? Think. Hmm? What provision? I'm talking about provision now. Did they have any need there? Huh? Huh? They needed to save their lives. The what? You can be wrong. That's nothing being like being wrong. That's nothing bad about that. What provisions? There were provisions that appropriated there. At least two provisions. Real two related provisions. Authority. Okay. I, I accept that. That's good. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the power. And power. Exactly. Those are provisions that are appropriated there to meet a need. Of what? Of that moment. Of that what was the need of that moment. Now I, I'm catching you. Say, he was trying to save you all. He answered very correctly by some of the provisions they appropriated there to meet certain needs. What were the needs that they needed to meet at that time? When they were faced with death. Thank you. Divine protection. Come on. Come on. Hello, friends. The, the devil came down. And they saw him face to face. It was the dragon. Remember in that chapter it's called the dragon. If the dragon shows up bam, in front of you. Remember what he did to the woman. Hmm? And the man child. Our elder brother. And God delivered him. Then he turned down to the ones on earth. What do you think he's looking for? To destroy them. So divine protection was a provision they are in need of. And how did they do it? They exercised appropriate God's authority and power to defeat the devil in order that they might be safe. My, my, my. Okay, I'm going to go around. We're not going home tonight until you give me the provision in your life. You can use this method to do it. Where do I start? This way or that way or center? Can we vote? Huh? Should I count the answer you gave? No. Okay, what other, what area of your life can you use this method to appropriate? This is faith through belief. Being practicalized. What area of your life can, do you need a provision? I, I, I mean, we are not going to tag you to what you say. We don't, we, oh, that was sister, did you need? No, 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 no. Okay, what, what area of a Christian's life can be, what provision can be appropriated by that way? Of a Christian, not you necessarily. Okay, think about it. Mike, please. Uh, Mike. Quick, quick, quick. Think, think I'm coming because we have to be practical. Yes? Are you thinking? No, healing. healing. Okay, that's it. Is that true? I want us to be practical now. Because
Because what happens with Christians, I've taught Christians almost all my life. You do such a teaching, they go back home. They didn't even get it. We are on application now. Oh, can what she said work for healing? Can what we have been looking at work for healing? Yeah, okay. Can it work? She said what you wanted to say. Sort it out with her and... She, she threw her hand like this. What I see as the basic principle here is, is the word. But what basic. need can a Christian use what we are saying here to appropriate? A provision for? What, again, we, we, that, that said it before, a, we must have a mindset of all of what the word has taught us. And yes. What the word said. Yes. But the point we are making now, are there areas of our life that we feel we can practically Use that principle, that mindset. Be looking for example that will help not just to everybody. Submitting to the Lord. And okay. And, and, and again, his word. Amen. What area of need can you quickly? Let's go. Let's move faster. Peace. 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 You notice that every one of the needs you are going to mention, every one of the, the devil is the architect, troublemaker there. And you can overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Mom, your mic has to be on. Having a sound mind. Sound mind. Soundness of mind. Depression can be dealt with that way. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> yes, Sister Matt. Salvation. Salvation. Amen. Salvation. Salvation. What does salvation mean here? Quickly. Yeah, and let me explain that. It's important. With everything we are mentioning here already is salvation. It's part of salvation. Are you all following? Praise the Lord. Amen. And the key salvation, I believe that's what she's talking about, is your basic faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Mom? Any struggle, spiritual struggle, any struggle in our life, uh, you have an anger issue, I don't think we should be seeing psychologists and therapists. They should be sending people to us. I'm not condemning that practice. But when they cannot handle it, they can say to everybody, you know what, I can't try, I can't handle it. I think you need to see a pastor. But the problem is that it's the other way around. Praise the Lord. You know, when people say, hey, he has an anger issue, that's the way he is. He hasn't tried this. Let's face it. Thank you, Mom. Yes? Divine safety. Divine safety. Divine safety. Even when your life is being threatened. Yes, quick. Let's move fast. Deliverance. Deliverance. Amen? Which is exactly what they had there, too. Yes? Huh? Reaching that's broad. That's broad. But 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 it's correct. Can you make give me a more specific one? Because you know words like destiny is so broad that sometimes people depend on what people mean. Having a receipt of a new mind. Your mind because the devil 
who want to channel your mind in one area is you rebuke him, you resist him. Amen. Yep. Now we're getting younger and younger here. Assurance. Okay. Love. Hmm? Love. You can love and not hate. Yes. The devil wants you to hate, right? And you say, no, I'm going to love. Yes. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. Are you following? Okay. Evil foundation. Evil foundation. Evil inheritance. Curses in the family. When you see the pattern trying to repeat, you can take a stand. It doesn't matter. You see, sometimes you look at the history, you look at a foundation, you say, wow. Oh. It looks impossible. And things keep happening. One day you say, no. I overcome you by the blood of the Lamb. But if you keep looking at what you're I told a Christian one day, he came to me telling me, if you know what my forefathers did, that's why I'm suffering. Well, if you know what my forefathers did, he kept telling me more because I kept listening. At the time, I said to him, you're right. Your forefathers did some terrible things. But you have a new forefather. You did something music by faith. And you take authority to revoke the curses. Divine peace. Divine peace. Why are we echoing? What did we do wrong? Is that, is that another mic on? Okay. 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 Divine peace. You can have your peace. Take, take some steps. You know that he's the prince of peace. He say, my peace I give to you. That you see it by faith. And you look at around you and see the things that are not making you, you tear them down. You can use your word, tear them down, and speak for your feet. Peace, yes? Give us the biggest one. Come on. Okay. Give us. I'm listening. Um, being steadfast in the things of God. Not giving into excuses, not giving into pressures, not giving in. You overcome that pattern. For instance, prayerlessness. If you wait for it to leave you alone, it won't. Lousiness, slothfulness in the things of God. If you wait for the enemy to give you a break, you will not get that break. Do you understand what I'm saying? Continue reading. Amen. I just did this exercise so that we know that you, you don't wait for this cataclysmic event in the future. You can apply what they did here and now for these areas of our lives. Are you following? All right, moving on. Go ahead. Where were we? Oh. Apart from, right? Okay, so it's their attitude. Oh. They had an attitude, a mindset. It became an abiding mindset. Is that correct? All right, move on. This attitude is summed up. This attitude is summed up in the words, and they did not love their life even when faced with death. Did you understand that? They did not just, we, if, if you read the whole verse, and the, one of the things I observe is that when Christians quote that verse, they don't include this last one. Have you noticed that? What, what did they quote? We overcame with the blood of the Lamb, and with the word of their testimony, they put period. But that's not what God put. We have God put. Notice, 
the verse ends by saying, and they did not what? Love their lives unto the word, the dead. That's the attitude. That's the value. Amen? And why do you think that they, that attitude was made prominent? They did not, did you, what does that mean? They did not love their lives. Even unto death. What did that mean? Total submission. submission to God, no matter what the circumstance is. Thank you. Whether they lived or died was not important. It's like the situation of Esther. Do you, do you understand? That was. Do, 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 you see the same principle. Huh? Esther said, if I die, I die. That's the attitude. You don't. Modern Christianity today is only if things are going well. Things always has to go well. When it's not going well, then when here's the implication: when these people made that confession, stood the ground of the cross, made the confession, they thought that the devil would immediately stop. He didn't stop immediately. He came further. They stood their that ground and repeated what they said. The devil charged more ferociously. They said, "Listen, we are not going to change." If you kill us, confess, making this confession stand on ground, that's fine. Remember the four Hebrew boys? Okay. Do you see the principle? And they did not love their lives unto them. At that time, their life and living did not matter. What mattered was the truth of the cross, perceiving it by faith, and standing on the ground of it, and their belief in it. Christianity has been so messed up today. Uh, somebody sent me a text. Let me share this quickly. And the text, a, a, a young Christian did put a trick on other Christians. He did a test. He took part of the word of the devil that says, where he said to Jesus, if you bow down and worship me, all these things will be yours. Huh? Okay. He cut it off and said, if you bow down and worship me, all these things will Posted it on Facebook. Hmm. Believers were claiming it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are you hearing me? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hey, my Lord and my God. Because all our faith now is about what we get. The Holy Spirit said to me, "Say we are living off of God, and but we are not living for God." That's modern Christianity. And then until he started to say, including pastors, we are responding. Except I said about four people. 97% of responses didn't care to such scripture and say, where did this scripture come from? Just because he promised them everything. That's the mindset. Do you understand? All right, so read, continue. Yes. What we are talking about is I just I just reminded me of the case of Leah, the girl that is still. Oh yeah, yeah. I've captive. been thinking about that case. Yes, they they is on. In, they're bringing it up again mm-hmm. that the girl is dead, but mm-hmm. she still said she's not bowing down. You you know the story, the okay, case the here. The story is that they, there's a Christian girl that is, she was a she's a Muslim background, but she's a Christian now. And then the Boko Haram in Nigeria, they are Muslim groups, radicals. They they took her. And they said the only way they can release her if she bows, she, she denies Christ. 
and then they will set her up until as we speaking and the girl has been there since how old is she february i think she's 12. yeah she, she's 14 or so about 14 or something okay anyway you heard the story she was not the only one captured so they they gave them conditions if you denounce christianity release you she refused to denounce herself. she's still there do you understand what they say her life can you imagine a young a teenager being in captivity since february no father no mother and she's i heard that she's a straight a student I, but do you understand what i'm saying those of us who have our freedom the slightest thing somebody steps on our door the world falls apart or we didn't get our canoe paid by deadline the world falls apart do you understand what i'm saying huh our this happened boiler is not working where's jesus i'm just telling you the truth where is jesus where am i suffering if there is god where is god do you understand what i'm saying so they did not love their life even unto the death okay go ahead thus by reason of this attitude what is our attitude the book of revelation is supposed to give us a different attitude in life is that correct what is our attitude towards god toward one another toward ourselves towards circumstances and situations toward hardship towards wealth and riches yes mike to be bold to be bold but then yeah before the boldness the boldness you use it for consistency perseverance persistence gratitude to god in everything are we all following all right okay you move on thus by reason of this attitude thus by reason of this attitude god's people would even in face of the most furious of Satan's ferocious, ferocious of Satan's aggression, mm-hmm. refused to surrender to him, but would definitely stand firm in their faith in God and hold on tenaciously to the weapons of the blood of Jesus and His Word, which He had made available to them. Mm-hmm. This is to the point that they did not only resist the fear of death, but held on even. But held. But held on to even the to death. the point of death mm-hmm. or in the face of death. Mm-hmm. In other words, they would rather be martyred or die than com- compromise their faith even at the offer of life and comfort. Did, did you understand? Okay, moving. This is an attitude. This is, you never know how it's going to come. And you know what? It may not be this life and death issue, it may be other areas. Or that lesser compromises. Are you following? Lesser temptations. What are we going to do? Are you all following? Sometimes it's... You, you know, sometimes you know what we compromise? Not to Boko Haram. <laughs> you know what we compromise? Our feelings and opinions. Our rights. Do you understand what we're saying here? Our... What we like and we, what we don't like. We are willing to compromise to do things. We are not talking about Boko Haram here. 
more serious issues. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about petty, petty issues that we can say to God, is that all challenge you're giving me? Thank you. Is anybody listening? God forbid that I'll fall into the hand of those Boko Haram people and all that. God forbid that anyone of all, but okay, God say, I hear you. I won't let you follow. But I'm going to give you your own challenges. Are you following? It may be your brother or your sister in church. Are you following? There are Christians in church who don't want to show up to prayer meeting. Because there's a sister that our brother they don't want to see. So see them. But this Boko Haram are overwhelming this 14-year-old. They torment her every day. And she say, I'm not going to deny my Lord. What is our sacrifice to A scripture just came to my mind. Get your Bible out. Come on. Get your Bible out. A scripture just came to my mind. Um, Hebrews 12. Quickly. Quickly. Let's take it. Hebrews 12. It just came. The Holy Spirit says you read, you should read it. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to, I guess, to 5. Quickly. Therefore, since we have a great... We have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding we us. We are is a glad cloud of witnesses, chapter 11. Remember what chapter 11 is all about? People of God who overcame some of the things we are talking about and prevailed. All right. Their witnesses were Leah, if she comes out and we invite her to this church and she tells you what she went through from February, you were going to kneel down and say, God, forgive me for all my petty issues. I have to tell you the truth. When some of these people come out and tell you what they went through. <laughs> Amen. Continue. Surrounded us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance mm. and the sin which so easily entangles us. Lay aside. Go ahead. And let us run with endurance the mm. race that is set before us. Mm-hmm. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the uh-huh. author and perfecter of faith, uh-huh. who for the joy set before him endured mm-hmm. the cross, mm-hmm. despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand mm-hmm. of the throne of God. Mm. For considering him who has endured such hostility by sinners mm-hmm. against himself, mm-hmm. so that you will be, you will not grow weary and lose heart. Mm. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving <laughs> against sin. Did you notice that? You have not yet what? Resisted. Resisted to the point of what? Shedding blood. Shedding blood. In your what? Striving, Striving with sin. what? Against sin. sin. You think that the sin there is only big ones like adultery and fornication and robbery and all that. No. Petty. Also, these, those big ones and the, the small interpersonal issues. You've not resisted to the point of death. Meaning that there's nothing so far you can really complain about. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's continue. Yes? Yeah. Does that scripture sound like the one we're reading here? Amen. You go ahead. 
I think we passed that area. This is to the point that they did not this only is, resist the fear of death. Mm-hmm. This is to the point that they did not only resist the fear of death, but held on even to the point of death or in the face of death. Mm-hmm. In other words, they would rather be martyred or die than c- compromise their faith, even at the offer of life and comfort. Mm-hmm. Whether they lived or died did not matter to Mm-hmm. What mattered to them the most was the doing of God's will without compromise. Mm. For all such souls among God's people who would die rather than live and compromise their faith, victory means much more than escape from physical death or the preservation of physical life. Stop right there. The definition of victory will not always involve escape from death. Did you see that? Huh? Sometimes while you're confessing that, you may die. But being believers, life for us is much more than physical life. And victory is much more than physical protection. Are you all following? Or I move, move on. The, the choice. choice of martyrdom or death over or death or rather than compromise and the preservation of life it and the preservation of life it offers is for them true victory mm-hmm. and in fact this is what is his olivet olivet discourse jesus had meant when he when he said when he when he said the one who endures to the death he will be to saved. the end to the end will be saved. The expression enduring to the end as used here means enduring to the point of death. The, have you had that expression before? That the one who endures to the end, he shall be what? Saved. Enduring to the end does not necessarily mean enduring until the return of Jesus. It means enduring affliction and persecution. Amen? Even if it entails dying. Do you understand that? And that is victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. Go ahead. Thus, at the end of it all, both those who among God's faithful remnant were on the basis of faith, of, of their, their faith, faith, preserved from physical death, as well as those who were martyred would as long as they kept believing ultimately succeed in overcoming Satan and his kingdom by the twofold divine weaponry of the shed of blood of Jesus and the word of God. Is that clear now? All right, let's read verse 12. Verse 12. Mm-hmm. For this reason... Remember what verse 11 said, right? And, the, and the, the dragon was cast down to them and they overcame him by the, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. And they did not fear their life unto death. So rejoice. Amen. Now here we are hearing verse 12. Okay. Verse 12. For this reason rejoice, O heavens and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time for the from the presence of the serpent. 
the voice announces a further consequence or outcome of the redemptive event of Satan's defeat mm. and the overthrow of his kingdom on the one hand and on the other hand, the dawn of salvation for God's people. Mm. This outcome is twofold. Stop right there. Did you notice that? Another vo- this voice announces a further consequence of the outcome of the redemptive event of Satan's defeat and the overthrow of his kingdom on the one hand. On the other hand, the dawn of salvation for God's people. Now, if you remember, what led to these immediate consequences that he was cast out from the heavenly realm. Is that correct? And when he got down there, the saints overcame him. When he came down on earth. Amen? Now, when there's brethren in the heavenly in heaven saw that they made this announcement now we're looking at this announcement so it's a two-fold destiny there are you following a two-fold what destiny and let's see it the one number one go ahead these are one the experience of rejoicing for god's angels mm-hmm. and the rest of his heavenly hosts in the heavenlies mm-hmm. because of the heavens and the heavenly has now been rid of Satan, his kingdom, his forces, and operations. Did you notice that? So rejoice, O heavens. Because why? The devil has been cast out from there, right? Okay. Two. Two. The experience of woe by the earth, Mm -hmm. the sea, and of course their dwellers. Mm -hmm. Because Satan, his kingdom, and his forces have now been cast down upon them. Okay. Now, I I want us to understand the f- one group of people will rejoice. Who are, who are the group of people that will rejoice? Those in heaven and uh, I believe also believers on earth. Because they exercise victory. Is that correct? Amen. But look at the other language. Woe to them. Woe to the what? Earth and the sea. Because of the, the devil has come down to you. Having great wrath. Knowing that he has only... A short time from the presence on the presence of the serpent. No, let, let's read it from the Bible. Let's read it from the Bible itself. Somebody, New American Standard. For this verse 12. Read it if you find it. For this reason rejoice, O heavens, Mm -hmm. and you who dwell in them. Mm -hmm. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, knowing that he he has only a short time. And when the dragon saw that... He He has only a short time. That ends there, right? Verse 12 ends, right? Please cross out that. I think, oh, I know how it came up. I was trying to drag a verse... That I had written a passage I had written before, and it came down there. Cross it out from the presence of the serpent. All right. Okay, number two, the experience of one earth, right? Go ahead. Noticeably, although by virtue of the finished work of Christ on the cross, Satan has been defeated, he has not yet been destroyed, and also evil has not yet been annihilated. Thus, although his evil kingdom has been overthrown or sacked, evil has not yet been annihilated. Consequently, although in the meantime Satan's power has been broken 
and greatly curdled, his destruction and his annihilation of evil await the parousia, parousia or the, the return of the Christ. Big word. Parousia means the return of Christ. Amen. I deliberately left it there because I'm speaking with somebody. He talks about parousia. He said, when I get home, I ask my pastor. You don't have to get home to ask your pastor. Parousia means what? The return of Christ. Amen. I allow some big words here so that, because this is Bible class. If you don't understand it, you ask questions. Amen? Praise God. Uh, no, actually, it's, uh, it's more of Greek. Amen? All right. Um, what we see, the, the point here is that you will always have to remember that Satan has been defeated, but he has not been destroyed. Amen? It's key. It's very important so that you don't get his defeat had taken place in the past. It's a past historical event which we should use for present reality. But the full manifestation culminating in destruction and death is future. Is that clear? Amen. This is how the Bible, especially the New Testament, ought to be understood. There is a past, there's a present reality, there's a past historical event, there's a present reality, and there's a future consummation. Is that correct? For every experience that we are to have. Amen? Alright. Being conscious. Go ahead. Being conscious of these truths mm-hmm. and of the fact that by reason of his forced exit from the heavenlies, mm-hmm. the time of his sure and certain doom and dem- demise is nearer than it has ever been. Mm-hmm. Satan does not merely tremble, but he instead works with a unprecedented sense of urgency, ferocity, or or aggression and intensity to unleash, unleash his evil wrath upon the earth, the sea, and those who dwell in them. Amen. Did you understand that? That's what this verse is saying. That's why it said to do woe to those who dwell on the earth. Are you following? Now, I want you to understand that those who dwell on the earth, in the book of Revelation, those who dwell on the earth, even though there will be Christians on the earth at that time. But when the Bible talks about those who dwell on the earth, it's referring to unbelievers. Believers are usually not addressed in that form, even though there will be believers on earth. Do you understand that? So, it cast down the heavens, and the people in the heavenlies and believers on earth are rejoicing. But it's a curse for those who dwell on the earth. Amen? Praise the Lord. All right. Also, go ahead. Go ahead. Also. Also, in this connection, although by reason of his capitulation in the hand of the Capitulation just means defeat. Okay. All right. In the hand of the Christ on the cross, he knows that his accusations against the saints of God are no longer valid. Did, Did you see that? Uh, the cross made its accusations no longer valid before God. Now remember what we did last week. Does it mean that you and that's grace? Is that correct? Does it mean that we should continue to sin and say, Satan, you can't accuse me. You can accuse me all you want. My God has forgiven. I'm 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 saved, so sanctified, baptized, packaged for heaven. Amen. Praise God. All right, move on. 
he still accuses them and continues to make them the target of his attack. Mm-hmm. Even though on the basis of his of the finished work on the cross by their Lord, the mm-hmm. saints are able to effectively withstand Satan's pressures and tribulations over and tribulations overcome him, impose silence on his accusing voice, some of the saints will still be did you understand that? That's what's happening. All right. For these things, and in keeping with God's wisdom, purposes, and plans, martyrdom from them is Christ, for them. For them, in Christ is not synonymous with weakness and defeat. It is instead emblematic. Emblematic. Emblematic of divine victory and triumph over Satan, his kingdom or forces. An overall program of evil. Okay, please do me a favor. When you study the outline, read the scriptures, okay? Because we can't go over every scripture. So martyrdom is not a sign of weakness. So you don't ask God, why are you allowing them to kill your people? Are you following? Uh, It's a sign of victory. It's not convenient. It's not something we should look forward to. But it does happen. Amen? We are not to be discouraged when and if it happens. Moving on. Martyrs in Christ. Martyrs in Christ are those who in their resistance against Satan and evil do not love their their lives even when faced with death. For the fact that to die in martyrdom and be with Christ is gain Mm. and much better. Stop right there. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. Verse 21 to 24. Let's look at a view of death in Christ. Our portion is longevity in Jesus' name. And Paul made those words, spoke those words, and he had a choice. Paul had a choice. He could have prayed himself out of death. But he, we're going to read it to let us understand what it means for a believer, what death really means for a believer. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So for, for to me to live is better, right? That's how some, the king just said, so it's better, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, but what? But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. Yes, if I live, I will do more, yes? So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between... But, but no, you start from verse 21 again. I caught you off. For to me, living means living for Christ, and dying is even better. Did you understand that? Amen. Go ahead. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. Mm -hmm. So I really don't know which is better. Mm -hmm. I'm torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me. Mm -hmm. But for your sakes, it is better that I continue to live. Do you understand what I'm saying? For the believer, the only thing you think about when it comes to that is loved one. Is it? Is is that true? It's loved ones and ministry. But going to be with him is what far better. So because of that, we pray that you know we we sure we are going to be with him. We by faith. Um, let's keep it around here. Take care of you know loved ones and and the work of ministry. So that's the whole essence of what we're talking about here. All right, verse thirteen. Let's look at verse thirteen and see if we can. Complete verse 13 before the day is over. Verse 13. Verse 13. Mm -hmm. 
And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, did you notice that? He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the man child. Okay. Go ahead. Following his dismissal from the heavenlies and in keeping with his goal and program of unprecedented and final onslaught against God's people as part of his purpose of frustrating God's purposes and plans, Satan the dragon makes a final attempt at destroying the heavenly woman. Did, did, did you notice that? Remember who this heavenly woman was? We saw it as who? The church. Amen? Amen. The, the devil, you thought the devil hates Israel, and he did. But the consummation of his hatred is against the church. Praise God. At every phase of history, he hates the church with, um, with a passion, unprecedented hatred. Amen? All right. Move on. Keep in mind. Keep in mind. This woman represents God's ideal people whom prior to this moment had been pursued by Satan into the wilderness where she was supernaturally preserved and nurtured by God for a period of three and a half years. Remember that's three to six, right? But now... But now in his relentless, relentless desire to frustrate God's purposes that would come through this woman and her male child, Satan pursues her even further into the wilderness. Did you notice that? All right. Verse 14. Verse 14. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time, times and a half a time for the presence of the ser- from the presence of the serpent. Oh, you see that presence oh. of the serpent, that's... I was dragging that verse down instead of retyping it. And it got cut off. <clears throat> now, did you see that? The two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could what? Fly into the what? Wilderness to her place where she was what? Nourished for a time and times and a half a time. Praise God. Okay, go ahead. Once again, the expression time, times, and a half, and half a time, first spoken of by the prophet Daniel in Daniel 7.25, which in many other passages is spoken of as three and and a half years, years, or 42 months, or 1,260 days, or 1,260 days, is also used here as the time period for the divine preservation of the woman. Remember, that's half the entire length of of the time of tribulation. Three and a half years or 42 months or 1,260 days. And we talked about what it means. It's a time of great and great unprecedented affliction. Amen? Go ahead. This time period. This time period also coincides with the, with the last half or the most intense Intense, sorry, intense. Intense portion of the seven-year period of tribulation that would come upon the earth in those days. 
Once again, this period of time will be a season of unprecedented trials on the earth triggered by the com combined unleashing of satanic activity and a divine judgment on so, the earth. At that time, that will be unleashed satanic judgment. I believe that time will coincide with the blowing, the release of the bowls. Are you are you following? That's the release of the seven bowls. Maybe the last part of it. Amen. The bowls and the ovaries seem to be at the actual time of tribulation. It started from the last trumpets. But now is the next phase. Yeah, amen. Is it coincide with this time? M moving on. Thus, in that season, as God unleashes the most wrathful of His judgmental program, namely the outpouring of the seven bowls or vows upon unrepentant and rebellious humanity, mm -hmm. Satan will, in retaliation, release, unleash his greatest or most intense program of trials with persecution and affliction upon God's people on earth known as the church. Now, here's what's going to happen. During that period, are you all listening? Huh? God will release his most intense program of judgment on unbelievers. And, of course, Satan and the Antichrist will be on the earth at that time. And, and the false prophet, they will, in retaliation, turn against the church with the worst level of persecution and trial. But God has sealed his people already. And he will stand with them. Amen? But, accordingly, go ahead. Accordingly, as revealed in the verse, this same period will witness the manifestation of the most gracious and mighty of God's intervention with divine protection, safety, and preservation for his people on earth. Amen. Now, now, before we, we go any further, if you go to the beginning of the verse, it talks about Satan, about two wings of the great eagle given to the woman. What do you think about that quickly? We are given to the woman so that she could what? Fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time, times and half. What do you think? What is the Holy Spirit telling you about that? What's your impression about that? Amen. Anybody quickly? Like, uh, divine protection. Divine protection, yes. That ultimately is for divine protection. But before the divine protection manifestation, what do you see there? What do you see there? In, in your own words, that ultimately there's divine protection. You're right. But what do you see there? Look at that. The wings, the two wings of the great eagle. What is the, what is being implied there? Huh? Yes. I think I want um, the two wings of the great eagle implies the Holy Spirit. And exactly. That's remember in the, in the Old Testament it said, I bore you out on eagle's wings. And that's a reference to the Holy Spirit. No, finish, finish, finish. You have some more to say. Huh? No, 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 go ahead, please. 
Round up, did you finish? Are you done? Oh, okay. I thought you didn't finish. I thought you were just being being humble. <laughs> All right. That's sovereign supernatural intervention of God through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, it said was given. It didn't say the Holy Spirit carried him. Ha. So what do you see there? It was given. She was given. Grace. We, who that said that? Grace. Who said oh. that? Do you see grace there? Uh, what what is the particular form of grace? I'm 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 coming now. Don't drop the mic. Some of you drop the mic like it's hot iron because you don't want to get involved more. I will get you next time you get the. I'm not going to scare you. Okay, what 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 kind of grace is there? Specific kind of grace. That's what it will result. That's grace. Yes, that's part of it. Amen. That grace was given to her to go to the level of under grace divine protection ultimately. But there's something I like to hear from there. Oh, well, my mom said deliverance. Okay, she... deliverance. Your mom, everything is deliverance. <laughs> I could, that woman gets me. Every person, deliverance. And I surrender. <laughs> Sister Marvelyn, she has gotten under level since we came over here. On Holland Avenue, she, I thought she was tough. But since we came here, she's on another level. Okay, I want you to share, I want to show you something. Have you heard of divine enablement? Come on. No. Have you heard of what? Divine enablement. That it can lead you to anything. If, if you notice, the Holy Spirit didn't come and carry the woman. Sometimes we as in our being specific with the way God wants to deliver us, we over specify. And God God shows off, you know. You know why God didn't come and carry the woman, especially as a woman? So let me carry the woman. And that's what some of you, God carry me out of it. And God carries me. Thank you, Daddy. Let me tell you. The devil saw she was a woman. Oh, come on. She came. If it were a man, it would have been a different. It was a woman, and in her weakest point, her most vulnerable point, and she went with ferocity. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. The Holy Spirit gave her divine enablement. <laughs> what was in her that made that divine enablement necessary? What did she have that made the divine enablement necessary? What did she have? Yeah, but okay. Yeah, I didn't put the question well. Okay. What did she not have? The answer is nothing. But through faith, because of her faith, she got a divine enablement. So, she had nothing. On her own, she couldn't have dealt with the devil. So that, don't go to God, God, I'm weak. I, because I'm weak, I cannot do it. She was, was that woman weak? Yes! So, because of weakness, didn't the Bible say that strength is made perfect. When? In weakness. God gave her. What did God give her? The two wings of the great ego. You know what an ego, what does an ego represent? 
Power. Strength. Thank you, mom. The eagle has such strength that it flies the highest of all the birds. And this is not just an eagle, but the great eagle, the Holy Spirit. She flew as high as the Holy Spirit will fly. Because God gave her the enablement, the ability of the Holy Spirit. There are times that what God will give you is his ability. He will not push you aside and do what you're supposed to do. Because you're weak. He gives you his what? Ability. Divine power. Praise God. Amen. And where did she run to? I thought it was a garden. Was the wilderness naturally the right place to run to? Why not? Because it's dry. It has nothing. And then some of you, if you had run and it was wilderness, you would have run back and made the devil say it's wilderness. Look at what God says. <laughs> He ran to the wilderness where she was what? Nourished. Again, the wilderness had nothing, but that's where God chose to nourish her. Where did the things God used to nourish her come from? From God. If God had allowed her to go to the garden, he would have said, wow, it's because he was prepared garden, so it's not always prepared. Even if God missed you in the wilderness, as long as you're faith and faithful, he will do something. Praise God. Read verse uh, 15. It's a short verse and we'll go on that. Verse 15. In three minutes we should deal with that. Mm-hmm. Because it's very highly connected with the verse 14. Verse 15. Mm-hmm. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman, after the woman, so that he might cause her to be swept away like a flood. What do you see there? Before we read the outline, what do you see? Huh? A counterattack. When the devil sees that great grace has come, you thought that the devil the devil doesn't give up. That's why when Christians start giving up, the devil celebrates because he doesn't give up easily. God gave the woman wings and the woman moved. Then the devil poured what? What water? Poured water like a river. Not just a bucket. Like a river out of what? His mouth. Remember yesterday? Out of his mouth. That was demonic water. That was a host of demons after the woman. Why? So that he might cause her to be swept away like a flood. Read that. If you read that. Yeah. We, you, you read verse 16, but we are not going to discuss verse 16. Read verse 16. Yeah, the, the, the scripture. And then we, we, we look at 15. Read okay. the scripture 16, what, what we are here. And the earth helped the woman, and the earth <laughs> opened her mouth and swallowed up the water which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Hallelujah. No, I didn't hear you shout hallelujah. Yeah. I said I didn't hear you shout hallelujah. So everything is under the control of Almighty God. The earth opened up and drained the water. Did you see that? 
just if you trust in God, there are things He does. You don't know how He's going to do it. All right, read the commentary on fifteen, and we pray. Seeing the great preserving grace that God had offered the woman, namely the church, Satan would do everything to catch up with her in order that he might not merely harm her but wipe her out of the surface of the earth. Did you notice that the devil's plan sometimes is not just to harm her heart; it's to wipe out. Amen. Here, as time slips from his hand and seeing God's grace of deliverance upon the woman, Satan doubles down his effort to ex- exterminate, 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 or destroy the woman out of existence. Mm-hmm. In this act of desperation, Satan's last-ditch effort here was the release of a flood of water from his mouth against the fleeing woman. Stop there. Amen. Praise the Lord. Were you able to? Amen. Uh, that's Sister Kim with her children. Uh, she's joining the Bible class for the first time. She's been coming. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's where we're going to end. Is there anything you want to say? Any observation?